Sports Talk for fans, my fans, it's Brian here. I got Alex with me. This is episode 34. Most importantly, week one is pretty much wrapped up right now. Uh, so we get to actually finally get into the season, get into the talk. Uh, once again, please listen, share, subscribe to your podcast. Uh, and these will try to, we'll try to make these one episodes a week, about no more than 30 minutes to pretty much get our quick reactions to the point without the media's overreaction because a lot of stuff today and yesterday was a lot of overreaction and we kind of want to avoid that because it's it why who cares it's just, everyone's saying the same regurgitating the same thing over and over again so let's quickly get into some week one interesting quick points and then get right into a couple game recaps that me and alex want to talk about so alex week one trevor lawrence lost his first game ever in a in a regular season game what do you think about that I think he better get prepared to lose a lot more because he's in a bad franchise. Yeah, Ermeyer looks like he's about to retire already, so we'll see what happens. Um, and, yeah, and they, losing to the Texans, that was your easiest game. Um, next one, media overreacts to week one items. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, sick and tired of hearing everyone talk about Aaron Rodgers. Who cares? Um, it, it's just one game. They'll be just fine next week. Uh, Alex, what about this? The whole NFC West is undefeated and the whole NFC North is defeated. Apparently, there's four teams are going in the playoff for one division, none from another, but we know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, the last time the Saints beat a team, 38-3, to that team went on to the Super Bowl. So everyone relax. The Packers are going to the Super Bowl, guys. Let's just wrap it up now. So let's get into some of the game recaps. First thing I want to recap is the puck, the Bucks Cowboys game. Your Cowboys, Alex. Thursday night game. Um, the one thing that kind of stood up and is odd to me as your fan base, I know you really don't fully represent the same mindset as them, but everyone just told me it's okay. We lost to the Bucks. Very excited, which is to me is weird. When you lose, you shouldn't be excited. But I guess I I get it, I guess. Um, but I mean it's just if it's a sign of things to come, then what's the point of playing season if you can't be the best team and get to the Super Bowl? So with that game, Alex, I, I think it's pr pretty clear cut that this is Dak's team. It's not Zeke's team, even though Zeke got paid a lot of money as well. But what I want to know, and I want your thought, what did you think about the breakdown in usage between Zeke and Pollard? Because Zeke didn't have a very good game. Are you concerned at all? And what do you think about the uh, use between Zeke and Pollard? I'm not concerned at all for the simple fact that I know it's game sync shit. Let's be honest. Um the old school way where have you, you know, run the ball into, you know, run the ball, even though you're going to run to wall 20 straight times, you know, new thinking is, you know, why not just go ahead and throw more? I mean, this is a passing league. So I don't think it's going to be that like that off balance as much. I think it was more of a game plan and kind of hearing some of the things after the game plan sound also sound like deck also checked out a lot of run plays. So, um, but I, I think that's not going to be something, but, the usage is something to look out because Zeke the, in the last couple of years has not had the same yards per carry that Pollard has had. So that might be something you might want to look forward to. And for the people that kind of, you know, wanted to kind of give Zeke crap on his running. Yes. He only averaged three yards per carry. However, the Cowboys did get more rushing yards as a team than the Buccaneers did. So, and they also had more passing yards than the Buccaneers did. They just, the Bucs just happened to squeak it out because of some unfortunate kicking by a old legged trainer over there. 
One thing I found out interesting about the game, Alex, was the usage of the defense. So they kept uh, Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch, but Smith only played 14 snaps. Van Der Esch played uh, 14 snaps. Keanu Neal played 50, and Michael Parsons played 51. So do you think that this is pretty much the year where they're, where they're going to completely phase out Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch and, and move on from them this next year? Uh, I think they're going to phase out Jalen Smith. I don't know about Van Der Esch. I think they kind of still have some type of a hope for Van Der Esch. I think the 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 problem is is most teams are going to run the nickel defense, and I think Michael Parsons and Keon Neal is going to be their nickel linebackers. So if in the league is passing more than they run, let's say first down you're in your base, second down you're in a nickel, third you're in your nickel. I mean statistically you're going to be in your nickel defense more than you're in your base defense. So um, I would expect it to kind of be like that, but I would expect Van Der Esch to kind of get maybe a little bit more play. Um, and then I also expect um, Jabril Cox to get more play, play than last week. Um, I think he's a young guy they really love, but I think he's going to get into play too as well. But I think Jalen Smith's days are over. All right, let's move on to the uh, the Buck side of this. So the one thing I found interesting was just the target share. Um, Gronkowski looked like vintage, vintage Gronkowski, but just looking at the wide receivers, because I know some people that have Mike Evans may be concerned, um, you know, yeah, and – it's just like they, they could be concerned with kind of how everything was passed around. But, um, you know, Mike Evans played the second most snaps, but he always targeted six times. Godwin had the most snaps and was targeted 14 times and obviously had the most catches. So, you know, Godwin looks like he's turning into Brady's favorite, but I guess we'll see between, I feel like Evans and Grock will kind of take turns, Alex, on having these big games. You know, Evans obviously had some big games last year. So, um, what, what do you think about that three-headed monster there with the, with the target share? Are you concerned about Mike Evans and only his six targets and three catches? I'm, I'm with you with the Gronk and him thing from the simple fact is that I think him and Mike Evans are going to be red zone threats. So I think they didn't really get into many red zone situations because Dallas was just getting their butts kicked, giving up big plays. Um, but I think Mike Evans is going to be more, you know, we're talking – targets I think he's going to be more of a red zone target so maybe they could play a little bit of a double game of hey you want to cover Gronk okay great Mike Evans is single guarded so I I wouldn't be too surprised at that from the simple fact that um, Tom Brady last year I mean he gave over 100 targets to Mike Evans so I think he's still going to get the targets I would if you're a fantasy person worry a little bit about maybe Antonio Brown maybe takes a couple more this year um, but I think Mike Evans is going to get his volume this year. And if you're concerned about Mike Evans, just remember they played the Falcons next week, and he usually does pretty good against the Falcons. Um, let's move on to the, the next game we got here to cover, the Packers against the Saints. So I'm not going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like I said, I don't care. Um, if you want that coverage, that's literally on every other media coverage out there about Aaron Rodgers and everyone, how they want to trash talk him. So who would have thought this game would have been like this if you didn't live in the New Orleans area, area Alex? Um, Winston throwing for five touchdowns and zero picks. Rogers throwing for zero touchdowns and two picks. Uh, and also, the I guess the other funny kind of stat is, you know, Aaron Rodgers would have had a higher passer rating if he just spiked it to the ground every single pass attempt. Um, so 36.8 as a passer rating is his fourth worst of his career. So what do you think about that game, Alex, between the Saints and the Packers? Uh, which, which team do you think is the real deal in this situation? I say um, New Orleans is more the real deal. Um, I don't think Green Bay is going to play near as bad as they did. Um, I think New Orleans, 
you, it's what happens when you give a great coach, a great offense, a defensive coach is getting time to plan for a new team, a plan for a team week one. This is what most week ones are supposed to be when you have great coaching staff. They absolutely knew exactly how they want to play the Packers defensively. They knew exactly what they want to do offensively. You got to understand still, Jameis is still a little bit different quarterback than Drew Brees or even Tatum. I mean, Jameis has got the deep ball still. So there are a lot of things that they did that uh, offensively and defensively, they took it to the, the Green Bay. But I don't expect Green Bay to look as bad as they did this week. I do know when I see certain teams do well against the Packers, it's because they have a dominant running attack. The Saints did carry the ball 39 times for 171 yards, uh, which then set up, you know, only, there are only 21 pass attempts, but James Winston had five touchdowns on those 21 pass attempts. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, the one thing I, that I was kind of concerned about originally was the, um, the Packers' new center, Josh Myers, the rookie. He uh, replaced Corey Lindsley, who went to the Chargers. You know, Chargers had a great game themselves beating uh, the Washington football team. But I was looking up, you know, in terms of grades, and I was curious between those two who who did how good they did. The set, the center for the Packers, Josh Myers, was actually the fifth best center in football, uh, week one, compared to Corey Lindsley, who was the seventeenth best center. So it looks like they'll be just fine. Um, Packers got to come together, and if and all the people that want to talk crap, just remember next week, no one's going to say a single thing because the opponent next week is the Detroit Lions. No offense to Detroit Lions fans, but there's just no chance that this is going to happen again. Packers are going to come back. They're going to be pissed off. If I'm doing DraftKings, I'm going full in on Devontae Adams and Rodgers. We'll talk about the Lions secondary here in a little bit. But, you know, I'm not concerned one bit. Alex, is there any reason that you're concerned about the Packers going after this week one? Also remember, they they didn't have their best tackle, Bakhtiari. I mean, he's out for the first couple of weeks, so – that also went to it as well. So um, they're gonna they're gonna get themselves together. I'm not too worried about it. I heard some people on TV saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the heart to play for the Packers. Give me a break, okay? He's gonna be ready next week. He's heard all the things. It was just a bad game. It happens in the NFL. I remember one time New England had a really bad week one. Everyone thought they were done, and then they went on and won 15 or 17 straight games and won the Super Bowl. So. Let's let's pump the great breaks off this this first reaction. They'll be all right next week. The one thing I thought was kind of weird is uh, Aaron Jones only had five carries for nine yards, and he he just wasn't utilized at all. So it almost feels like they kind of went away from their normal game plan. They didn't involve him at all. Uh, the other thing is uh, back to Aaron's replacement. Actually, Elton Jenkins I think actually played left tackle, and he was great as the second best tackle in all of Week One. So to me, the line did fairly well was doing their job. It's just, they'll click better. You saw the Aaron, the two Aaron Rodgers interceptions. That's not how, that's not what he is. He will be just fine next week. They play the lines. Everyone's going to forget all this crap that the media is talking about for no reason. Ridiculous. This is why the media drives me crazy because they just talk up crap that does not, is not relevant. None of it's relevant to Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be just fine. Alex, let's cover it. Let's get into the last game. So I picked the first two. Which game was most interesting to you that you want to talk about? You know what? I actually wanted want to talk about the Steelers versus the Bills game. That was a very interesting game to me for a simple fact, fantasy-wise. You know both of us have a bunch of Steelers wide receivers have had them in the past. I noticed that Johnson and Juju Smith-Susser looks like they kind of the number one, number two combo. I know a lot of people were asking about Chase Claypool and Poole, and maybe he might emerge as the big number one wide receiver. But to me, Deontay Johnson kind of emerges their number one target. 
that uh, Big Ben seems he likes to co co connect with. Um, so I, I want to watch that for that thing. But also I kind of want to see could the Bills make the next step. And I don't know if on my part I, I saw that. What do you think? Yeah, I – if you watch, if you watch the game, there's a lot of times where Josh Allen just wanted to be the hero. He took way too many shots downfield when he had people wide open on the short intermediate routes. So I, I think, I think he'll it'll be some uh, film study, and I think it'll all be corrected. And I think the Bills will be fine. The problem is next week is a tough matchup against the Dolphins. Yeah, exactly. Another thing, it seemed like they ran a lot of quarterbacks. Josh Allen too, like he was Lamar Jackson or something. He did have nine carries for 44 yards. So he, uh, you know, Singletary had 11 for 72, and Singletary was doing just fine. And But, yeah, they did run Josh Allen a good amount. Yeah, this just was crazy to me. And then also, I think the Steelers are one of those really good teams that old school people say, hey, you got to win two of the three phases of football. They literally, to me, offensively, didn't put up much of a show. You know, you're going to talk about the running game. But to me, they dominate on special teams and they dominate on a defensive side. And that's basically the reason they won. They blocked uh, a punt. Uh, they got some defensive turnovers, mainly the fumble that they got from uh, Josh Allen. But it almost seems to me this team is going to be going forward, winning on defense and special teams. I, I, I want to see exactly can they lean on Big Ben. Is Big Ben the same guy he was? I don't know. And the problem with that is – we just talked this whole offseason how they need to not do that and how they're how they were not going to do that and how they're going to lean on Najee Harris, who had 16 carries for 45 yards, zero touchdowns, averaging 2.8 yards a carry with one catch. So you got him in the first round, you ignored the offensive line, and then it didn't work. You didn't use him enough. And this goes back to Alex, the whole Big Ben, can he carry a team? Well, he can carry a team if you have a bunch of five-yard short out patterns. Um, but that's about it. And kind of like what you're saying also, Deontay Johnson, the reason why I drafted Deontay Johnson in so many leagues is because he's he has the massive target share out there because it's all the quick routes, which goes to Smith Schuster and Johnson. I think next year, if they have a different quarterback that has the arm, I think Claypool is the guy you want to look at because they're not going to have that same style of offense of the quick because that's just what Ben Big Ben can do. So I, I think I think a lot of that will change um, going forward. But for now, man, yeah, if you don't have Deontay Johnson and Smith Schuster, it's going to be kind of rough. Johnson, once again, led the team at targets week one with 10 Smith Schuster had the second most with eight. Uh, and then Claypool only had five targets and Harris had three targets and one catch. So you can kind of see the breakdown there. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, coaches, Alex. Let's talk about some of the new coaches in the league. Let's talk about how they did. So um, we had two games with only rookie coaches, but of all the coaches that lost Alex, was there a coach that you thought did the worst that you know you want you need to see the most improvement from. I would say Arthur Smith in Atlanta. He's he scared the heck out of me, and I don't know whether it's personnel or whatever it is, but you're giving like an elite you know quarterback. I think a still a top ten quarterback when he's healthy, uh, top five, top ten wide receiver in 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 Ridley, and then you drafted a young tight end. I thought they would at least, especially being a Cowboy fan, knowing how good their Philadelphia defense is, I thought they would at least put up some points. And they seemed like they were absolutely struggling. We expected Atlanta's defense to be terrible this year. We knew it was going to be kind of a work in progress. But their offense this show, which is what Arthur Smith is kind of known for, so that kind of scared me a little bit of, oh, my goodness. Um, you talking about 
of first reaction and different things like that. You kind of hope this is one of those situations where, well, this is just a really bad game. They'll get into it. But that might be one I want to monitor because I was already had questions about Arthur Smith as a head coach. Yeah, for for me, I just want to say something about Urban Meyer because I thought I was kind of concerned with some things he did. I just want to hit one thing that he did that concerned me besides obviously Tim Tebow. Um, <laughs> so the, the high James Robinson usage, I know probably is concerning a lot of people that are fancy owners of James Robinson. Uh, Robinson had 47 was the snap count difference. Robinson was in for 47 snaps. Hyde was only in for 25, but Hyde carried the ball nine times, for 44 yards compared to James Robinson's five carries for 25 yards. So for some reason, Urban Meyer wants to use James, Carlos Hyde more as the running back and James Robinson more as the receiving back. Robinson had three catches in 29 yards on six targets. So Urban Meyer scares me with what he's doing with that team. <laughs> Lawrence made some questionable decisions. Um, but let's get into coaches that we – the new coaches that we thought may have done the best. So Brandon Stanley of the Chargers uh, won. David Culley the Texans also won, which they looked really good against um, the Jaguars. And then Nick Sirianni of the Eagles. So – I think Sirianni's one we talked the most crap about in the offseason, and I think he was the one that surprised the most. I don't know if it was an Arthur Smith situation, but I think Sirianni did a really good job utilizing the people they had uh, between Miles Sanders and that running attack um, and Jalen Hurts just being a dual threat. Um, you know, For running-wise, they had a total of 173 yards rushing on the ground as a team, averaging 5.6 yards a carry. Uh, and then getting the wide receivers involved. Jalen Rager was not involved at all last year. He had six catches, 49 yards, a touchdown on six targets. And, you know, the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, six catches, 71 yards, one touchdown on eight targets. Mixed out with their two tight ends, that's four great options that they can throw to um, with a good bounce running attack with a mobile quarterback. <laughs> I think, you know, Nick Sirianni really surprised us. And like I said, I, I was pretty high on their defense. I think their defense is underrated because they have such a great pass rush. We'll just see because next week is a test against the 49ers. Um, Alex, let's move on to the quarterbacks. Of all the new quarterbacks from the rookies, the new starters from, you know, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Wilson, to Andy Dahl and Bridgewater, Winston and Darnold, which quarterback impressed you the most with their first week with their new team? I know I shouldn't go this way. We talked about being president at the moment. And I don't think he's going to have a great year, but I got to give his, his, his first game props. And I got to give it to Tyrod Taylor. He's one of those good old journeyman quarterbacks. You sign him when you don't have a quarterback. Until you get the quarterback, you get rid of Tyrod Taylor as quickly as possible. He was that in Buffalo. He was that with the Chargers. He got taken, you know, messed up by training staff for the Chargers. And now he's put in a really crappy situation in Houston. It's kind of like, well, you kind of it's your job, but it's not your job because the starter's there. We kind of doesn't want to be there, but he's still there. And I absolutely expect the Houston – I expect the Houston to look terrible. I expected him to look terrible. And they came out, you know, and they they they, they play hard for Tyrod Taylor. Um, we always know that it was the Jaguars, so we knew he was going to probably put up some numbers against the Jaguars. But I think if you the way I seen watching that game, he almost looked like like Deshaun Watson light. Like if you were one of those kids at home and you just your parents got you something was a knockoff of a toy, that was Tyrod Taylor. He was a knockoff of the Deshaun Watson. But I thought he came out, he played well with all the situations that's going on. He's in a no-win situation. He has no future in this organization. And he was kind of thrown in with kind of a, a, a head coach that's never been a head coach, never been a coordinator. No one really knows what to expect from him. 
and he actually did well. So I give him props for that. I think the weird thing is that rushing attack, they carried the ball 41 times between Mark Ingram, Tyrod Taylor, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson. Talk about a vintage backfield there. Uh, and then Rex Burkhead had even had a catch. So they had him play uh, on, on top of the fact they're wide receivers. Danny Amendola had five catches. Chris Gonley had two catches. Um, it, it's just, it's weird, but um, I'm going to try Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Brandon Cooks. I mean, hopefully he stays healthy. Um, the quarterback I thought, What's most concerning was once again, back to Urban Myers, Trevor Lawrence. Um, he had 28 for 51 for 332 yards. So good yardage, but missed a lot of passes through three interceptions, made some questionable decisions. Um, you know, it's, it's not the start you wanted. Cause I actually think Zach Wilson, and Matt Jones did a better job with their start. Now, maybe you could argue that um, they had, better teams or coaches and stuff like that. But Trevor Lawrence just didn't look like the number one pick. It, it looked like Mac Jones and Wilson were the, were the better quarterbacks. Now let's move on and quickly start talking uh, about the injuries this week and getting into some week two stuff. <laughs> so week one injuries, Alex, some injuries that are going to impact for uh, people's probably decision-making and what they want to do for fantasy or maybe DraftKings and, you know, fan duel, stuff like that. Jerry Judy with a kind of a, Nasty looking injury. It, looked, it ends up being a high ankle sprain with a negative x-ray. Uh, he, at the time, had the most catch. Well, actually, he did have the most catches and targets of all the wide receivers. He had six catches, 72 yards, and seven targets. Um, Cortland Sundin's on a snap limit. So for those of you that drafted Cortland Sun, don't. it's not about him not doing well. It's strictly about him not playing enough. Uh, he didn't play a lot of snaps in that game. So, Alex, with, with that... Um, do you, you know, actually he played 53 snaps. So he played a good amount. They just didn't use him a lot, but between potential replacements, Tim Patrick, I think is the, is the clear cut one, but also the guy that you talked about, you know, and you, I think brought to some people's attention was KJ Hamler. Do you see either one of those getting an increase in uh, targets, maybe going into week two with uh Jerry Judy being out for a couple weeks, at least. Tim Patrick, you're going to pick, um, Hamler, he broke my heart this weekend. He had a wide open touchdown with no one around him and in the zone. He yep. just straight dropped it. He broke my heart. I, 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 I'm gonna need a couple of weeks to think about Hamler until until he, he he rectifies that. So I think Patrick has kind of been that unsung hero for the last year, even when Sutton went down to the guy that they've just been going to. So I would expect Patrick to kind of start getting the load to kind of take over. And it's crazy because Hamler. Three catches, 41 yards, four targets. But what Alex is talking about was a deep throw in the end zone where he was pretty much by himself behind the defense, which would have gave him four catches for close to 100 yards and a touchdown. So yeah, that's a big difference. Hamler's kind of a – he's the speed guy out there, I believe. <laughs> so, it, you know, if Bridgewater's willing to throw the ball – and I think Bridgewater actually does throw a pretty good deep ball. So, you know, that's some good sneaky pickups. If you can't get Tim Patrick uh, I w- and you're in a bigger league, consider picking up K.J. Hamler. Um Onto the Washington football team, Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, had a hip supplication injury. Uh, it's serious, and they're hopefully it's not broken, but he's definitely out for six to eight weeks. Heineke is now the quarterback there. With Heineke at the helm, does that change your output of how you view the Washington football team, Alex, or do you think they'll be doing just the same? Oh, man. I was already kind of skeptical of how they were going to do fantasy-wise going out with Fitzpatrick. I thought they were going to have an uptick in their offense. They did not, even when Fitzpatrick was in there. And then Heineke came in, and we've already talked about how the Chargers defense, we were expecting them to be pretty bad this year. Chargers defense stood up against Washington's team. Um, 
um, scary terror. If you you're one of those people that under has scary terror, like we know so many of our friends do, um, you're kind of hoping that he, you know he can kind of make some plays. I expect Thomas to kind of be the guy that's going to be the person Heineke's going to probably throw two more right now. I think when you have a quarterback that may be, you know, inexperienced, I've always found out or felt the tight ends are kind of where they're going to go to. He already threw a, a touchdown to Thomas in the end zone um, yesterday. So I expect Thomas to kind of be one of the guys that you might want to look at picking up if you don't already have to. Obviously, you do. All right. Uh, a couple more injuries. Uh, so Becton, left tackle in the Jets, MCL sprain. Not sure how long he's going to be out. Um and the rest of these are corners. So the reason we're going to talk about these is really just so you can kind of look at fantasy matchups. Okuda tore his ACL, or I'm sorry, tore his Achilles. Uh, and he was actually doing, you know, his great average through the game he played, which is way better than last year when he graded towards the back end of all corners. Um, so look at against anyone that targets, that plays against wide receivers, <laughs> cough, cough, the Packers next week, um, it, which is a Monday night game. So it's full coverage on Aaron Rodgers give me a break. He's going to be just fine. They're going to probably kill the lines. They're going to light them up. Debo Samuel week one, uh, leading wide receiver had 12 targets, nine catches, 189 yards with a touchdown against the lions. And you know, that was probably against the other corner who graded as I think the second worst corner in the first week. So, uh, Jason Brett tore his ACL again for, I think the third time for the Niners, which means the Niners corners are Josh Norman, a phone call away from Richard Sherman, two guys that do not have any speed and a bunch of rookies, uh, so look against look for wide receivers against the Niners secondary, and Marshawn Lattimore, who just signed his new contract, how he had a thumb injury, he's required surgery. He'll be uh, out. Looks like maybe a couple weeks. <laughs> um, let's move on next to looking into week two. So we're gonna kind of just quickly recap some games we want to look forward to, and some fantasy information. Week one going to week two. So Alex, week one quarterbacks, the top ten scoring quarterbacks, seven of the top ten were mobile quarterbacks. The three that were not mobile quarterbacks, number four, Jared Goff. So that means he was better than Matt Stafford. Have to throw that out there. Number seven, <laughs> Tom Brady. And then number nine, the guy that Goff is fighting against in my mind, Matt Stafford. So Matt Stafford looked great. Uh, Goff, Goff surprised some people. But Matt Stafford obviously looked great in his debut. Uh, I do want to see him against a better defense. The Bears, bless their heart, have no quarterbacks left. Um, and the Rams had them on the ropes, good play calling, good routes, you know, great passes. Uh, so I want to see the Rams going forward and see how they do. Obviously we picked them to win the division, but I want to see how that plays out. The next thing, Jalen hurts. will have a monster game against my San Francisco 49ers. We cannot stop mobile quarterbacks. We cannot, we, they, we lost to the Eagles last year and we have no corners. So look for Jalen hurts. The last thing, Alex Winston made, the Saints without Michael Thomas look amazing, replacing Drew Brees. What do you think that does for the Steelers next year? Do you think that someone can come in and be like Winston and just kind of open up and expand that offense for uh, for the Steelers? Uh, that's what they need. They absolutely need something like that because right now, it, and maybe it's because Big Ben's UCL injury a couple of years ago, but he has just not been the, the the good deep throw where he used to be. He just has been struggling. It seems like he's more comfortable with the short game. And you can say maybe it's because the offense line is as good, but I also think it's a little bit of Big Ben. Um, they're going to have to – I know they kind of resign, you know, some of the guys in the behind him to kind of see maybe to give a shot like Haskins. But let's be honest, they're going to have to go into draft. They're going to have to invest in getting – All 
All right, so for running backs on the fantasy side, uh, something to look for is Detroit. They had a heavy target share to tight ends and running backs. We'll talk about Hogginson in a second. But for running backs, for Jamal uh, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, 24, 38 passes were thrown uh, as a total to tight ends and running backs. Um, and those are you know completions. So that made those two running backs number three and four uh, in terms of fantasy running backs. The good thing to note about that is they play the Packers next week. The Lions do. They'll be playing from behind, obviously, talking off the Rodgers comeback story. He'll be just fine. Um, and, and if that offense is going to keep throwing to running backs and tight ends, the Packers don't have as good coverage linebackers as the Niners do. So to me, that's something to look forward to, uh, you know, by them in the league. Jamal Williams is, in, is available in a lot of leagues. So we on to the Niners. Mozart, uh, who got hurt, knee uh, ligament issue. He's now actually out for the season. The Niners value running back speed. And if you weren't tracking, Trey Sermon was inactive for week one, their third round pick. And, you know, what happened? Well, Elijah Mitchell, the speedster that they did draft, I believe in the sixth round, finished as the 11th best running back with 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. He is, Alex, he's available in most leagues, right? Yeah, I, I checked my league, uh, a couple of my leagues, about five or six leagues. I checked all of them and, I mean, there haven't been much claims on the waiver wire, so um, be the first person to kind of look at that and jump on that if you haven't. You see, he's still out there in your league. Yeah, and, and Trey Sermon has drafted a lot of people. Just remember, Shanahan loves speed. So if you miss out on Elijah Mitchell, the other two running backs to look for is Jamichael Hasty, who is, uh, you know, he got it. He actually did have a touchdown carry for the Niners, but he will be kind of utilized uh, at, at, at times if he doesn't fumble. The other one is Jeff Wilson comes back. He closed out very strongly for the Niners last year. He'll come back at some point this year. So, you know, another good sneaky pickup to kind of stash if you have bench space. The next running back uh, running backs I want to talk about is kind of what me and Alex talked about um, between the Eckler, uh, the Eckler situation. Now with Eckler, uh, he wasn't, you know, he was high as a, a, as a running back one in a lot of people's eyes. I was one of those people that was not on board with Eckler because of, his usage and um, you know, this week showed he had no catches and he was also in 58% of the snaps. So he didn't play a lot, a heavy share of snaps out of the 81 snaps. The chargers had, he only played in 47 of those. So what does that mean? They're going to use other running backs. Um, you know, Roundtree got some carries. Justin Jackson got some carries. They didn't use Joshua Kelly at all. They're going to mix of their running backs. Uh, what I did state was, Hey, if you don't get Eckler, which I would recommend you don't, go after Chase Edmonds. So what happened week one, Alex? Chase Edmonds was the number 13 running back. Austin Eckler was number 22 running back. So that shows you that Edmonds has potential inside that Cardinals running back in that Cardinals system. Connor is not the RB1, even though people want to keep thinking that. Chase Edmonds is a great fit for that. As long as he stays healthy, just like Eckler, Edmonds has a great job, or a great chance to kind of do as good as Ed, Eckler without that running back round one draft pick. Let's move on to wide receivers. So right now my boy Debo Samuel was number three running or number three wide receiver with his monster game. He had against the poorest line secondary. If you had Debo Samuel trade him now, he will not have a better game than what he just had. Let's be realistic. Shanahan spreads the offense around the Niners. Get rid of him now, get whatever you guys can up those other position groups that you need to. The next one we talked about Corey Davis by him. He is going to be the main target for Zach Wilson. He looked good. He only had seven targets, but he had five catches, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. So 
get him while you can. Hell, flip Debo Samuels for Corey Davis if you can. Corey Davis will be the by far the number one wide receiver out there. Now, Alex, did the real Mike Williams finally show up? We've been waiting Mike for Mike Williams to play for this well for how long? Um, he had eight, uh, eight catches, 82 yards, and touchdown on 12 targets. He did have a couple drops. He's in his contract year. Alex, they play the Cowboys next week. Do you think Cowboys corners can stop or slow down Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, or can we expect Mike Williams to have another great game? I expect him to have another great game. Uh, they're going to try out the same corners Dallas did um, th- that they did this past Thursday. So uh, I, if you got Keenan Allen, definitely put him in your lineup if you're not already doing that. But, yeah, Mike Williams is definitely going to eat. Yep. So uh, Keenan Allen is the obvious one. But, like, guys, Mike Williams, he has the potential to be a stud. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, moving on to don't overreact, Jamar Chase. People overreacted on his quote-unquote drop issues. They blew that out of proportion. Shocker. He has seven targets, five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. He has chemistry with Joe Burrow. Don't sleep on him if you can get him. That He is a, a deep threat that they've never had last year. Uh, now, the O-line is going to be an issue still like we talked about. We'll talk about that in future episodes. But Jamar Chase had a great week one. Continue for that. Buy on him if you guys can. Don't overreact on these wide receivers quickly. Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson did not have their typical monster games that they usually have week in, week in, out. But don't overreact. Don't try to trade them. They all still had double-digit targets. Let's move on to tight end, TJ Hawkinson. He was the top tight end in fantasy last this last week outside of Waller, who had that kind of stud game for uh, the Raiders. And like I keep talking about, Waller, to me, is going to be the top tight end this year. He had a great game. Um, you know, just... I would follow him. He's going to be by far the big target share for the Raiders. Uh, for for Waller, you know, he did have 10 catches, 19 targets, 105 yards. Like I said, uh, me and Alex talked about it. I think Alex, I think you were more on Kelsey's going to be the supreme tight end. I think if you have to pick one to, su- to surpass Kelsey, it's Waller. And this game week one showed, even against the Ravens defense, 19 targets. That's more than any wide receiver had this last week. So Waller's that stud. Hawkins had a huge game as well. But what I would I do want to bring up is which targets were that next tier that stood out. So these are the targets that had the third most targets at eight targets each. Pitts had eight targets, four catches. Grok had eight targets, eight catches. Noah Fant had eight targets. Jared Cook had eight targets. So that's a good showing for him in the Chargers system. And Alex, your boy, O'Shaughnessy, the tight end who took Tebow out of a job, took food out of Tebow's mouth, had eight targets as well in Jacksonville. So that could be someone that to look forward to next week. Does he do it again in week two? Don't buy week one. But do they throw so much because they're so far behind Jacksonville? But Sean say he could have as many. Now, Alex, your boy Kelsey had seven targets. You're not worried about him, right? He's going to be, he's going to get his share. He's going to get his targets. Do you have any concern about Kelsey only getting seven targets? No, no, not at all. He's going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, one who did have his main car- targets is Kelsey last week. Cole Komet, the guy at Notre Dame, second year. He's the number one tight end. That's someone to look at. That's one I want to probably pick up on. Uh, defensive stuff we're going to cover next week, Alex, so we're going to move on from that now. So, Alex, before we wrap up, just really quickly, uh, loved having week one wrap up finally. But going into week two, are there any games you're looking forward to? Because for me, there's a couple I'm looking forward to. For example, the very first one. Buffalo at Miami, huge divisional game. Two weeks into the season, huge divisional game just because Buffalo lost week one. Miami won week one. 
They're playing in, in Miami. So to me, that's a two-game lead they put over Buffalo right off the bat. Is there a game that you're looking forward to as well, Alex? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that um, that uh, Chiefs-Ravens game. Um, I've been looking, trying to figure out who's going to be that team that's going to challenge the Chiefs this year. Uh, we thought it was the Bills. We're not overreacting, but, you know, we saw the Bills lose to the Steelers. Maybe the Steelers might be that second team. You're kind of hoping the Ravens are. You know, obviously the Raiders game kind of maybe give you a little bit pause, but like we said, we're not overreacting or uh, overreaction Monday. Um, but I like to see can the Ravens match up with the Chiefs? Can they give them some type of game? Do we have a second tier team that could be able to go into the playoffs, maybe win in Kansas City? Um, Ravens kind of a team I kind of picked at the beginning of the year. So I kind of want to see can they bounce back? Can they give the Chiefs a game? Maybe they have a formula to beat them. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in watching that game. Yeah, and and the Ravens are looking to solve the Chiefs. Like that's the team they can't get past. So we, you know, want to see that game. It's a great matchup. Uh, one more each, Alex. For me, I want to see your boys. They look pretty good against Tampa. They gave them a good run. Uh, playing the Chargers, who look great against the Washington Football Team. I think that's two teams that really show us in Week Two uh, which one's really going to stand out from this matchup. Because um, you know. The, the Chargers, you know, the whole AFC West went undefeated. So uh, the Chargers need to keep pace with the Chiefs because we know the Chiefs are, you know, we project them with the most wins. So, Alex, is there one more game that you're interested in before we wrap this up? You know, I'm kind of looking at the Seahawks-Titans game. I know we said earlier today that uh, Russ Cooks. Um, so I got a lot of the Seattle people really jumping on that Super Bowl bandwagon. Um, but I want to see if Tennessee can turn it around. We already talked about how bad their defense is, but their offense was bad. I mean, their offense was just anemic. They they struggled, you know, with Julio Jones. Expect them to kind of play a little bit better, um, but they couldn't run the football, and they could they had struggles trying to pass the ball. So I kind of want to see who's the real Tennessee Titan team because somebody's got to win that AFC South division. And right now, I mean, when I had an okay up and down game. And Tennessee, I kind of want to see are they going to emerge as that kind of division winner. The Houston Texans are in first place, everyone. The Houston Texans are in first place. Um, that's amazing. All right. Uh, week one, loved it, Alex. Great games. Can't wait for week two. Um, you know, fa fantasy wire pickup stuff to do. Draft lineups to set. Thursday night football. Love football season. It's great. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you guys next week. We went over a little bit of 30 minutes. We're going to work on that. We're going to get a little to 30 minutes to make this more easy for you guys to listen to. Uh, we appreciate the support, and we'll catch you guys next week.